Well, good morning, Identity Church. I know that um, this past, you know, this past few weeks we've been doing, um, you know, the Life of God series, and I think I'm going to start bringing this thing into a landing position. Uh, but you know, the Lord just—in fact, I, was, I thought we were done last week, and the Lord kept just adding stuff to it. You know, the, the Lord's so good. I mean, Jesus is good. You know. You know, I, I will. I will tell you this. We we talked about the soul life because it talk, We were talking last week from Matthew, where you know, if we try to save our life, we will lose it. If we lose our life, then we will find it. We will save it. And that word is suke, and that word there means the soul. It's actually. You know, whenever you see life, there's one of two words that are being used in the Bible. It's either zoe, which is life like eternal. It's like a time frame. Or you've got suke, which is our actual soul. It's our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so, you know, when we were going through that, I was talking about what that was. And the Holy Spirit says, wait a minute. You need to tell them how to do it. And I was like, okay. Let's do that. You know that the Holy Spirit wants us to live the kind of life through Jesus because Jesus came and he did something for us. You know, everybody loves John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall have everlasting life. You know, that word life right there is not suke. That is zoe. That means that you are going to have an eternal life. That means you're going to have a time period it means that if you had something bad happen to you 25 years ago, guess what? Jesus came to, to help us completely destroy that and to take us into a God kind of life all the way through eternity. See, this is the problem, is that all we focus on is the fleshly side, the, the Zoe side of it. We don't ever think about, well, has my mind, my will, and my emotions actually been, been captive by the Holy Spirit? And the answer probably is no, because I got news for you. I've been really trying to, to put all of my, my energy, my faith and everything into doing this. And the Lord says, you still haven't got it because you're still trying. Maybe I need to say that again. You know, the Lord keeps telling me, quit trying and start living the life. See, Jesus came and did stuff for us. He gave us a covenant and that particular covenant said, I did it, you didn't. Because if you had done it, then it wouldn't be a gift. You know, my wife and my kids, they don't, they, they don't buy me gifts hardly anymore. You know why? Because they don't love me. No, that's not it. It's because I probably already have bought it, right? You know, I buy the things that I need when I need them, right? And, and Heather and the kids will go, what do you need? And I go, I pretty much got it all. You know that the, the thing that I ask them for is their time. Well, you know, if I've already bought it, do I need a gift? No. But see, too many people, they can't pay the price in order to buy it, but they still won't accept the gift. And that's the problem. Is that up here in our mind, our will and our emotions, we just, we, we already go, well, you know what, God, I got this taken care of. I got, this one's on me. How many people's had this one's on me moment? Everybody. 
See, this is the problem with our mind, our will, and our emotions is that the moment that we get our mindset on I want it the way I want it, when I want it, and how I want it, then you don't get a gift. How many people, how many people get gifts and you're like, man, I really want to return that gift, right? <laughs> but see, the thing is, is that if I bought the gift for you and I gave it to you, and you were like, well, this wasn't the color I wanted, and this wasn't the thing I wanted. You know, a lot of times we'll go and return that gift. And see, God is telling you, no, I'm giving you the perfect gift. There's no returning this gift. You shouldn't have to do anything. You just wear it because Jesus himself paid for it with the crimson red blood that the covenant has come to each and every one of us. See, we have to get our mind, our will, and our emotions in, in check. We have to understand what God wants us to do. Because if, if we just continue to live this life of, God, I got this one, then you're never, ever, ever going to live the God kind of life. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to get into the meat of how you do this. How do you live that suke life? How do you get God's kind of life in your mind, your will, and your emotions? So, so we're going to talk about changing your mind and you'll change your life. Do you know that, and, and if y'all have got your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 is going to be pretty much where we're, we're out of. But do you know that in every instance of our mind, our will, and our emotions, we have a choice. It's between... It's between the, the body or the spirit. And so anybody that's ever listened to my spirit, soul, and body, I hand these little things out. They're, they're bubble levels. And I keep it on my keychain. And the reason why I keep it on my keychain is not because I like to have a bubble level on my keychain. But when the Lord showed me this, he told me, he said, whatever you elevate in your life, that's where your mind, your will, and your emotions are going to go. So if one side of it is your body, your fleshly side, and the other side is the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of you, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, He's come and He's made you a new creature. Behold, the old man has passed away, and now you have a new thing. Well, guess what? If I, elevate the, if I elevate the flesh, my mind, my will, and my emotions, the bubble, it will go that direction. But if I elevate God and the Spirit of God that's on the inside of me, then guess what happens? My mind, my will, and my emotions get elevated that way. So you're going to hear me talk a little bit more about this as we're going through this. But I wanted to, I wanted to point this out because if you understand where your mind, will, and emotions are at, you can actually change it. How do you change it? We're going to talk about it today. We're going to elevate one over the other. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. And it says, But as it is written, eye is not seen, nor ear is heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. That is a quote directly from Isaiah 64, 4. Now, I'm going to tell you if, you, if you watch, you know, I've heard so many people preach on this, and a lot of times it's the, Eyes not seen, nor ears heard what God has prepared for you. And everybody goes, Woo! God's got something prepared for me. Hallelujah. 
That's not what the context is. <laughs> Do you know that the context of this is that your eyes and your ears are a part of your body. It's a part of your five senses. It's what I hear, see, taste, smell, and feel. And you know that, that what Paul and them are trying to, Paul is trying to get to us in this scripture is he wants us to understand that you're not going to know who God is by your eyes or your ears. That's all this is saying. I used to get so excited. People would be like, oh, you know, eyes not seen or ears heard what God has prepared for you. Well, you know, the thing is, is that that is exciting. It's exciting to know that there's nothing I can do in my flesh that is going to give me anything to do with God. He's not going to reveal things to me through my eyes and my ears. And you go, well, what about the Bible? Well, you know, the thing is, is for many years I read the Bible. And maybe some of y'all have been here. Maybe not. Y'all are probably more mature Christians than I am. But I read the Bible and it was just a bunch of words on the paper. How many people have been there? You know, I, I won't name names, but I've had multiple conversations with even people in here. It's like, I don't understand what the word is saying here. I, I want a better, I want a better uh, translation. I want a better something. I want the word to explain the word, right? The problem is, is that the, too often we, we walk around going, I'm trying to understand it in my mind from a fleshly perspective. And I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal to me the things that are there. You know, one of the things I think is important is we come to church and I'm sitting here and I'll give you the revelations that God has given me. And you, you can sit there and go, oh, wow, I, I got that revelation, Dusty. Man, that's great. But that's not the only one. God's going to have revelations for you that's going to be out of the same word. You know, I've had plenty of people that said, when you said that, the Lord showed me something completely different. And I went, I didn't see that. You know why? Because the word is vast and it connects to lots of different things. And the word will explain the word to itself, but you have to be led by the Holy Ghost. So I got a doctor in the house, so, you know, keep me, keep me straight here, Erica. The heart, the, the blood pumping you know, muscle, cardia. This is where we get, this is where we get the, the word for like cardiac. It's where we get the, the idealism behind the, the whole um, central part of our body that pumps blood. But also this word in the Greek means the core innermost part of you. You know, a lot of times when they were talking about this in the Bible, they were actually talking about it down here. It'd be more like your bowel. Right? How many people think the bowel is important? Absolutely. But, you know, when we think about the heart, we've, we've named the heart, the, the, the cardia part of this, after the, after the blood pumping muscle that we have. But see, this right here, this word actually means the innermost, the core belief. It is our belief system. Now, I'm going to tell you, our belief system is designed to believe good things and bad things. It's whatever we put in. In fact, I've got a little diagram right here in the very middle. So we, have, we are a spirit. We, we have this soul, and it's in our body. And our body has the mind, will, and emotions. And so our heart is when our mind, will, and emotions are in agreement 
And that agreement now becomes a core belief. You may go, Dusty, I don't understand. I thought our heart was where we loved from. Do we love from our hearts? No, we believe from our hearts. Now, I want you to understand, I love Heather, but there's been, you know, and, and, and hear me, a lot of times we're portrayed by the world that love is lust, right? You go watch any movie and it's like, I fell in love with them. No, you fell in lust with them and you were all about them and you were all tied up in the middle of your little thing. You wanted every little part of them, but you were looking at it from a fleshly perspective, not from a spiritual perspective. But see, this is the thing, is that I love Heather. I love her if I'm with her. I love her if I'm 2,000 miles away. Why do I love her? It's because I believe that I love her. I'm going to say it again. There are people that are separating from their families that just because you don't get to see them all the time doesn't mean that you don't love them. You do. Love is a choice. I get to build this innermost belief, a belief system about love. That's only one piece of it. There are things about, like if if somebody came up and they were to put a gun to my head and say, deny Jesus, I'd say, you're going to shoot me. You know why? It's an innermost belief. It's a core belief that I have that I have had this. My mind, my will, and my emotions have said, I am not going to be shaken from this. Well, see, there's a lot of people you start talking about death or you start talking about whatever, they'll start changing really, really quick. Especially if you don't have your mind, will, and emotions. I think there's a there's there's a little bit of a, a one, two, three right there. See, if our mind, our knowledge is where our, our mind is at, if our mind is the first, then our will, so I have a knowledge about something, and then my will takes me in a direction because I go, I, I know the knowledge behind it. And then I get my emotions under control so that even when it looks bad, I still believe. See, that's called a core belief. That's the, they could put a gun to your head. They could tell you, you know, if you don't deny something that you're going to go, nope, this is it. I'm going to keep my emotions in check. I'm going to make sure that this is where I belong. See, this is the thing about our heart is that if we don't have core beliefs in something, if we sort of believe it, then you will change when your emotions change. Your will will take you places where you never thought you'd go. And we're seeing this all over. People that don't stand for nothing, they fall for everything. It's happening in our, in our society all the time. Heck, it happens to Christians. You start see, how, many, how many people have been appalled by the deconstruction Christianity mindset? I know I have. There are people that I wouldn't have thought that had left the faith. You know Why? It's because in their heart of hearts, they never made it a firm foundation. See, the devils believe and they still tremble. This, this, was hard, this was actually become a harder message than I wanted it to be. I don't know. I thought it was going to be very light. For whatever reason, the Holy Spirit's taking me down this little hard path. But I think it's important for us to understand that we need to get to the point to where we believe it. 
No matter, you know, there's times where I sit, I, I, and, and I've done this, I have thought to myself, if I was to lose everything, would I still follow Jesus? That's, a, that's something that I do for my own self. Because I want to know that if everything got hard, that I would still follow Jesus. That means that I completely believe. I've made him Lord. I know that he's there. You know, I'm an American, no matter if I was in another country and I'm arrested or whatever. I was born here. I've got the paperwork, right? Do you know that in every single instance of our life, we are something, uh, not just about what we believe, but where our standing is. And you are in the right standing of God. That's what the word righteousness means. If you stand with God, that means you're in right standing with Him. Well, you know what? In everything that we do, we need to understand that God has a place for us. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep moving. Verse 10, it says, But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. So eyes not seen and ears not heard. Because we're not going to get the revelation of God and who He is and where we're going with Him, but only by the Spirit. In verse 10 it says, But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of, God, uh, of man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows these things of God except the Spirit of God. Now I want you to understand something you have to know something by the Spirit of God. How many people have, have read the Word, heard somebody preach something, all of a sudden it became a revelation? How many people's gotten saved? You know what? Somebody came along and they told you about Jesus and about what He did, and all of a sudden you said, Oh, that feels right. Have you ever, that was the way it was for me. It was, it was like the inside of me went, Oh, yep, I'm, I'm looking to, I, I, need to, I need to get that. You know what? It became a revelation. It became something that was so, that, that I jumped out of myself because my inner man was listening to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit says that is truth. Do you know that this is the thing? We listen to the Holy Spirit all the time. We also listen to the world. And we have to understand the things that our eyes are showing us, if we turn on the news and the news is telling us it's going to get bad, well, guess what? You might start prepping. You know, your basement's full of food in case we've got to, you know, sit around for the next, you know, six months or whatever it is while a bad crisis happens. Well, you know what? When we had the pandemic, that was one of the things that happened was that people weren't prepared. There was a lot of things that, that created opportunities for, for problems. Well, you know what? That changed people's core beliefs. People that I never thought, you start listening to them now. I got some folks that I worked with. You'd be sitting there, you go, man, they're, they're pretty much, they, I think they're going to have a bunker under some mountain somewhere. I mean, it's just the way that their belief system changed because their eyes and their ears and their flesh saw it. They experienced it. But see, the Spirit of God is telling us the opposite a lot of times of what the flesh is telling us. We have to follow that more than we follow what we see here, taste, smell, and feel. 
In 2 Timothy chapter 1, it says, and it's down here in the, the left-hand corner, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This word mind is suke. It means that our mind, our will, and our emotions have to understand that God is going to put us in places and we're going to be the rock. How many people was the rock when the, when the pandemic was coming? When people were like flipping out and going nuts. I know, I know I had plenty of people. In fact, when we started this church, I was actually in my parents' uh, house because there was people going, oh my gosh, it's going to be bad. And I, I taught them fear. I taught them the love of God and how fear does not overtake love, but love overtakes fear. And you know what happened? I had people go, man, I need to hear that. Well, you know what? You can be the power of God in this earth to be able to change people's hearts and minds through love. Amen? Galatians 5, and 23. And we're going to talk more about this. I'm going to actually have this more in depth. But it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such there is no law. You know, I look at it like this, that the fruit of these things are the, the joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, and all that. Love is the tree. If we don't grow the tree of love, we can't have fruit in any of these other areas. Because it's first. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. We've been talking about this for the last few weeks. In fact, it says, now by the faith, hope, and love in the greatest of these. That word is mezzanon, and it means that we are, it's first. Love is first. If love is first, hope is the next thing. It comes out of love, and out of hope comes faith. And we have to have those things built up just like that. The spirit of the world versus the spirit of God. You know, one of the things that I want you to understand, and this is all out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, so you can follow along with me. But it says in verse 12, it says, Now we have received not the, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit whom is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Verse 13 says, These things we also speak, not in the words of which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. You know, I love how this was crafted because if you think about it, we're not just looking around. You know, there's plenty of people. I'm not going to mention any names just in case people are listening because I don't want to get people uh, in trouble at their job or anything like that. But there are, there are lots of denominational folks that will come back and they will create doctrines so that they can explain little insignificant things. And they spend more time on doctrine than they spend on the Spirit of God. You know, if we had just had the Spirit of God just explain the spiritual things, then we don't have to have a bunch of like $10 words to explain something that should just be known in our spirit. See, we need to read the word and not worry about all the the hoodonomics uh, and all the other little things that these people come up with. It's all a bunch of junk. This is where we took the church, is we took the church to being so smart that we're stupid. And see, we need to understand that Jesus himself did not come to give us, you know, a doctorate degree. 
He came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. It's not something I can go and, and earn through a degree. It's not something I can go earn through my works, but it is something that I can be given through the Spirit. You may go, well, Dusty, I have, there's things in my life that are still there. Well, you know what? If you, if you put this, you know, if you put your, if you put your little bubble level and you elevate, well, guess what? I think most people live their life elevated on the perceptions of the things that are going on with their eyes, ears. And this is the problem. We will become so, we will become so worldly minded that we become spiritually inept. In fact, worldly and earthly, uh, I, I took James chapter 3, I broke it up into two because I love the way that the worldly wisdom versus the godly wisdom. But see, it says here in James 3, 14, it says, But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly, it is sensual, it is demonic. This word sensual is sukhanos. It is the same, it's the root word, suke. It means our soul in a natural form. It means that we have, that our, that the worldly wisdom means our soul is elevated towards our body, towards our flesh. This was a, a way of being able to show that, you know, sensual, it's like, oh, my mind is thinking about the stuff of the flesh. It's thinking about those things which I, I, I'm only able to see out here. Do you know that in, in everything that we do, you know, when we put all of our trust and everything into the world, then we're going to live that kind of life. And it says in here, verse 16, it says, For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil work is thereof. Guess what? We're going to, if we can continue to keep ourselves in envy and self and self-righteousness, self-worth, then we're not going to accept the things of the Spirit because those things are going to be weird to us. In fact, continuing on in verse 17, it says, On the godly side, James is talking about in verse 17, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. That's hagenos, and it means Pure from carnality means that you did not get this from your eyes, ears, from anything that came from the flesh. You got this by the Spirit. It's, it's void of carnality. You know, I said this last week. You know, my grandfather worked for Ziegler's and, and he had this, we got these chili bricks. And they were actually, I mean, it was good, but it wasn't good for you. It was like a big grease ball like thing. I mean, the thing you would dump it in there and it would, it would, I mean, it had like fat just, but you know what? After you put some water in there and, and did some stuff with it, it was actually pretty good. But on the side of it, it said chili con carne. It meant chili with meat. Do you know that in, in every single thing that we do, we're either we're either chili con carne or we're the chili of the Spirit. What are you mixing in together in order to keep your mind, will, and emotions on God? In fact, it says right here, and it says then, well, I'm going to reread it. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, 
willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. You know, one of the things about living this peaceable life is that you have to make peace. There's, no, there's nobody God has put out there to be peacemakers besides you. You may say, well, D- Pastor Dusty, you're a pastor. You should be going out and making peace for everybody. Well, I don't go to your work. I don't go into your family. If your kids were like flipping out this morning, you were fighting with them and, and trying to get their hair combed and everything else. I'm not there. You probably wouldn't want me to be there. I would be a, you know, years ago, I had this thing I would tell the kids. I would be, I'd, I'd become a whipping tornado. You know, it's just like, you know, you know, I just, that, that was the only way I know how to, hey, let's get it, let's get it tight and let's get it right, you know. But see, this is what I want you to understand is that in every single thing that we do, we have to be peaceable by bringing peace. You are the peacemakers. You're the people that do this. All right, so I got my little bubble level here. And here in a second, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tell one on Joanne because she, she really hit this the last time we did this. But in 1 Corinthians 2.14 it says, But the, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him, nor can they know them because they are, because they are spiritual discerning, or spiritually discerned. But he, who, uh, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. See, what we have to understand is that God did not leave us without the mind of Christ. All we have to do is just put our mind, will, and emotions on the things of the Spirit. You may go dusty. Well, well, how do I do that? Well, let's pull out my bubble level again. You know, if, uh, if this is my flesh and I can go around I can touch... Touch the flesh with the outside, and this is what I this is what I elevate. Then guess what's going to happen? I'm going to elevate those things, and then I'm going to get the things over here in the body, flesh, and the carnal world. It's adultery, fornication, unclean acts, lasciviousness. Do you know that there are 18 things that are on this thing? 18 of them. Now, if I start just walking by the Spirit and elevating the things of the Spirit. You know that the moment that I start choosing people, like I know they can be real pains in the rear ends. People are, are the problem, right? I mean, ministry would be great if we just didn't have people. You know, that would be, that's one of the things that you have to understand is that people are the ministry. And there's certain people that you have to, sometimes you got to have tough love with and sometimes you got you to be able to create opportunities with. You know that, then everything, love is a choice. So if I choose you and you choose me, then we're in love. But see, the problem is, is that if I don't choose you and you don't choose me, then we start, we can't have any of these other eight things that are on this other side. So we have to elevate love first. It means that sometimes I don't, there's people at work that I don't want to choose them. But you know what? The moment I start choosing them, 
I start having joy and peace with them. It's the craziest thing. It's like, it's like, man, we've been in fighting for the last five years. And the moment that I decide that I'm going to start choosing them, and I'm just going to go, okay, you're going to say something crazy. I'm just going to go, uh-huh, okay. Do you know that joy and peace and long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, all these things just starts manifesting in my relationships. But if I don't, then the other side starts happening. So Joanne, we were, I was teaching on this through my spirit, soul, and body stuff that I do. Where's your bubble? And Joanne just screams out and says, that's a lot of stuff to deal with on the flesh side. You know, it's twice as much as on this side, on the spirit side. You know, I only need to make one choice, and that's to love people. And then all of a sudden, the other eight come along with it. But I make any other choice than to choose love, and then now I have to deal with 18 things. Do you know that that is where we're at in our, in our society and, our, and, and even in our Christian churches, is that a lot of times people don't choose each other, and then we go, well, that, that church, they just... You know, they treated me wrong. You know what? If you start dealing with people, I mean, the building's one thing. You know what? I mean, I can look at this building. I can point out all the things that we need to do. But the church is the people. And if you choose people, then you're going to choose people who are not pretty, may not be smell good sometimes, may not have a good attitude. But you know what? Every time I've ever chose someone... Do you know that I start seeing them change? I've seen lots of change in a lot of different people just because I started choosing them. Not because of what they could do for me, but because just because they're a child of God. And this is the last one right here. Get your mind tight and get your mind right. Do you know that in all of the things that we've talked about this morning and and I know there's a lot of teaching here, so you guys may be sitting there going, well, Dusty, I was wanting it to be real lighthearted. I want something to, you know, that I can just say, man, Sunday was, was this great, you know, we had a lot of laughs. Well, that's fine. But you've got to also understand that if you want to do something, faith without works is dead. I need to sometimes take the gift of God that was given to me, believe in it, and I need to go do it myself. There are times where I need to go be peace for other people. There are times where I need to say, shut up. How many people have just let your mind go crazy? I have. You know what? I got to go shut up. An excessive heat warning is also issued for us. So that's another thing that gets my mind going crazy. Do you know that, that in all of these things, we need to understand that we are not just a, we're not just a, a, a set of, a bag of bones that is just on this earth waiting to die. We are the peacemakers. In fact, here's Galatians 5, 19 through 24. And I want everybody to look at this in the context that it's in because I think this is very important. Galatians 5.19 says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatries, sorcery, hatred, 
contention, jealousy, outbursts of wrath. You know, I've had plenty of uh, plenty of outbursts of wrath in my time, where it's like, gosh, I just don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, you know, every time I do that, it takes me ten times as long to just get it done and move on. Sometimes, sometimes these things prolong your existence in the midst of your place that you hate. Self-ambition. You got, you know, um, what is that word? Decisions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Uh Uh-oh, wait a minute. So there's like 17 or 18 of these. And the like, that means that there's a whole other list that, that he didn't even put down. You know, there are things in our life that, well, you may go, well, I, I don't envy and murder people. But we found out last week that if you've got your own brother and you're not speaking to them the word of God and you're trying to kill off their faith, that the Bible says that you're a murderer. Man, that's, that's horrible, right? Well, you know what? If you're trying to kill off the faith of God in somebody else because you're not standing with them as a brother and sister in Christ, well, guess what? You are of the like. All right. Of which I will tell you this beforehand, just as I have told you in the times past, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with the passions and desires. Do you know that in every day I have to crucify some part of my flesh that keeps trying to pop back up and make me elevate it? I mean, you know what? I, I love to listen to, the, um, to morning talk shows. I don't know. I want to hear what the news of the day is and all that and what's been going on. But, you know, the, the Holy Spirit will go, all right, you, your anxiety level's getting high. You need to go crucify that thing. So I have to turn it off and I go pro on praise and worship music. You know, that there's times when I'm at work and it's like it's been a hard day, especially right now where there's, you know, they've given me a whole nother department and I don't know what the heck I'm doing. You know, I'm just, I'm there for the ride, you know, at this point. But when you've been working 6, 30, 7, 30 every single night, there's times where you go, I'm closing my office door and I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. Do you know why? Because I need time. And see, this is one of the things that we need to understand is that I have to crucify the flesh when it pops its ugly head back up. And so when I put my soul in the spiritual things and my heart, my mind, my will, and my emotions are in agreement, then my spirit, soul, and body, it just lines up with the spirit. And now I become whole in him and I live the life of God that I need to live. Perfect. People go, well, you can't live a perfect life. No, I can. Anytime that I meet up to Jesus' standards by saying I'm going to let him do it through the love of God, Man, now it doesn't mean that I do it perfectly every single minute of every single day. I want you to understand that. 
But there are times where, if you ever hit a, a baseball right in the middle, it's the sweet spot. If you ever do, if you hit a, a golf ball and you hit it right in the middle, it almost feels like you hit nothing. It's, it's perfect. It, there's no residency. There's nothing out of it. Do you know that that's the way it is with the, with the Spirit of God? If you are walking in the Spirit, you're letting love lead you, that joy and peace are coming after you. Man, it just, it resonates. It's almost like the people are drawn to you. The other day I had a, a guy that works for me. He's a young person and, and he came to me and he was telling me about a situation that he had. And he was giving me, I mean, it, it, was, it was like I just knew that the Holy Spirit, it was like what Jesus said about the woman with the issue of blood. I felt virtue leave me. I was just sitting there and he comes in, he starts talking to me. And then all of a sudden, because I'm listening to him, I just feel virtue just coming out of me. And I, I started talking to him about this situation and the Holy Spirit gave me some insights to be able to do. And it was like, I, I felt like I was where I was supposed to be. See, God has you in places that you're supposed to be, that you're living perfectly. Now, all hell may be breaking loose around you, and you may be going, I don't like what's going on around me. But guess what? You can live the perfect kind of life by allowing love to produce in your life this way. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You know, a lot of times I get people to raise their hand about things because not because I need to know that things have have transgressed or whatever because most of the time I don't even know if you raised your hand everybody's got your head bowed and your eyes closed so I'm not going to do that this morning but I want you to make a statement in your own life today I want you to this is going to be a banner moment for you in your life to say I'm going to live the life of God where I choose to live through Him and for Him, and that I'm going to allow love to be the tree that is growing all the fruit of joy and peace and long suffering and all of the the spiritual, um, all of the spiritual things that God wants to take and put into your life and into other people's lives. And I'm just praying that you will take this and continue to allow God to just manifest this in your life. Let the Holy Spirit, don't go read books about it, but let the Holy Spirit take the things that are in the Word that you've heard today and just expound on them over this next week. Allow Him to, to be used in your life. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I pray over each and every person that's heard this message, Father. I pray, dear Lord, that they are getting a revelation of the goodness of God in their life, that the life of God in Christ Jesus, that it is an experienced thing, that it's not just something that's written in the Bible, but that the Holy Spirit is allowing them, each and every one of them, to get the revelation of the goodness and the love of God. And that they know that they have power, love, and of a sound mind. A mind that is not full of carnality, but a mind that if all they need to do is just look at love, that love will, will benefit everybody around them. And Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that you send them into the world and that people are coming to them to, to know about Jesus. 
but also, Father, send people across their path that they can preach and be peaceable and that they can preach peace to. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, I'll be up here up front. Uh, If not, y'all have a great week. You're dismissed.